Welcome to Wisco Dice. Hey, yo, folks! I am your host, the Conzi with the most, and I am joined today by it's Justin here, the Meeple's champion. This is Matt, the Ghost Walker, and I'm Suzanne. And this is episode 117 of the Wisco Dice Tabletop Gaming Podcast. Today is December 6th, 2023, and on today's episode, we're going to go through our recap of 2023 gaming, tabletop fun, and all of that excitement. So this is our traditional year-end wrap-up show. We do it every December. It is always a lot of fun to look back at all of the things we did over the previous year, what we had such a great time playing, what surprised us, what things really jumped out as, at us for gaming memories, and looking back at our hobby and, and understanding what hobby we did. And the first thing, we're going to jump this off with, the, with one of our favorite topics every year, which of all of the games that you played that were new to you, these don't necessarily have to be games that were published in 2023, but just games that were new to you, at least new to our, our hosts today, what game did we feel like was our personal favorite? And I can say, like, this year, I'm really excited to see that this year's list is got some really great fire variety. Uh, I, I don't have to worry about being outvoted by anybody uh, <laughs> or having other the other hosts think that uh, one game is better than what my, what my personal choice was because we all picked something really unique. So... That's super exciting and just goes to show everybody's got very different tastes this year and, and what a great year for board games that were being released and or new games that were just new to us. And I'm going to start start that off with my personal favorite game from this year. And I had to think about this a little bit because I didn't want to give the, just put this one on the list and be completely biased to it because of our relationship with Paverson games and that is distilled but when i when i come to it back to it i am always excited to play this and in fact suzanne and i got to play this just the other day as a two-player game and it was an absolute blast we i had so much fun playing it i think i even but i still even lost but i had so much fun i'm pretty sure i lost that game didn't i suzanne no you beat me did i oh yeah i did win you did beat me um, by a couple points you, and there was an asterisk next to my score yeah, it's because you didn't remember how to play exactly. We we probably should have refreshed the, your memory a little bit there. But it was such a good game, and I got I've gotten to play it like a half dozen times now. I've taught it a couple of times. I'm super excited about it. This is a game I see our, see us playing uh, and continuing to play next year into 2024, and and it seeing some table time, uh, which is why I picked it for my top game and that's against some very very what I think strong competition I gotta say this is one that's on my kind of regrets of 2023 that I actually didn't get to play it I know you guys have had it for a while and I just it's never uh never when I got the chance to play so definitely one I still want to check out at some point if I'm not taking it to cabin con I definitely am adding it to the list now all right perfect <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. All right. Uh, you know, I, I struggled with this this year as well, and I don't think it was from a lack of good games. I mean, we, we played so many different games this year. Konzi and Suzanne have such an ever-growing library. They expose me to new games every month, 
Um, most of them are pretty good. I mean, like anybody, we all have our own preferences. Um, I picked a game that actually hasn't been even released. It just went to Kickstarter this year, but I was exposed to it at Gen Con this year, and I got a chance to demo the game. A game called Chaos Cove by Ape Games. It was just a lot of fun. It's just kind of a... I don't know. I, I thought it was a lot of fun, and we've talked about it a little bit here on on the podcast before. But um, and we did feature it, I think, on one of our uh, uh, Kickstart Mondays as well as one of the Kickstarters that's coming out. So uh, just a lot of fun. You know, it was just one that kind of stuck out in my head, and I really had to think hard, like Ben said about this one. There was just a lot of different games that we played this year that were pretty good. So that was just kind of the one that really, like, when I thought long and hard, I'm like, that's the one that really kind of caught my eye this year. So. See, for me, trying to pick a game that was my the best new game, it may not be my favorite game of 2023, but I think it's the best game that I've played overall that was new in 2023, is Dawn of Ulos by Thunderworks Games, and it was designed by Jason Lentz, and I love Thunderworks Games that they've put out, but what's been really great about this one is I've played this at at least a half dozen times, if not more. And I've taught it to many people because they walk up and, you know, they'll see me playing it at a convention or something or having it there. And they're like, what is this? I've kind of, you know, was kind of interested, but it looks really violent or it looks like it's really area control, but everyone says it's good. So then I get to explain this wonderful game to people and play it with them and just watch them get really into it and get really excited about it so my best new game that i've played for 2023 would be dawn of ulos yeah justin what do you have on yours so this one was a bit of a surprise to me it was a close call between this and i think age of innovation was up there for me kind of update to Terramisca. it's obviously a great game but i think just because it's sort of a reimagining of Terramistica. It's not a totally brand new, fresh kind of thing. So my best new game that I played is a game called Beast by Studio Midhall. Beast is a one versus many asymmetrical hidden movement game. One player plays a beast, like something like a giant wolf or this giant boar, and they are basically moving throughout this forest landscape, attempting to accomplish some goal, like capture and eat certain creatures so they can kind of power up or defeating the players. And the players each have a kind of a hero, like an archer or warrior, or I think when I played, I played a character who was a trapsmith who could uh, set traps for the beast to help track it down or deal damage to it or slow it down. And it was just something I had never heard of. It was just a blast to play. The guy who taught it to us just did a really, really good job. It's very thematic. Just like any of those hidden hidden movement games, there's this awesome tension of slowly narrowing down where this person is or was. And like, are they here now? Are they here? Do we make our move now? Do we attack? Do we use our very limited actions? You only get up to two actions each turn. You play a card. Do I use one of my limited actions to take a chance that they're there and like use my attack now to hopefully do some damage? Because eventually you're trying to track down and just kill the beast as as the players. And so there's this awesome sort of, you know, tension with the hidden movement and each character has unique powers. The beast has unique powers. This just kind of came out of nowhere for me and I thought it was awesome. So I definitely recommend checking out Beast. 
Yeah, I saw I saw that one. So all really good choices, and I got to say there are games definitely on this list that I have am excited to give a try. I uh, have not had a chance to play a couple of those, so we'll have to try to figure out a time where we all can play everybody else's favorite games. Mm-hmm. Moving on to another another one of our favorites that we like to talk about, and this is something that goes back to the roots of this particular show being tabletop miniature game uh, war game show uh, with focused on, focused on Warhammer Fantasy for many of the years before we transitioned into our current format and that is tabletop and gaming hobby projects so this year was really an off year normally I'm a person who probably painted three or four hundred miniatures in a year and did a ton of tabletop hobby and painting and all of that but this year for whatever reason just i did not get the time or have the effort to to paint miniatures like i have in the past i think my favorite hobby project this year has really been helping suzanne learn the basics of building models uh, and build, I should say, I really didn't have to help her base models, but, you know, base, going through the basing, how do you base your models, thinking through that, talking about techniques, and then moving into miniature painting. And while that first project is a a model car, 148th scale model car, that's going to extend right into her Malifaux crew and more and, and, and seeing her grow as a hobbyist as well as uh, just being a gamer is, is really been a, uh, a, a real delight for me this year. And I love being able to share uh, my, you know, whatever little bit of knowledge that I have when it comes to miniature hobby with others. So that's, it's, it's always something I love being a teacher in that role. Yeah, I, I've had a really off year too, Ben. I have spent almost no time on hobby projects this year, um, so I don't really have a lot to add. Uh, I've just had way too many at-home projects and things like that to be working on. So I'm going to leave it up to Suzanne maybe to help us uh, think of what you, what, what was your favorite hobby project you've been working on? So unlike Conzi and Matt, I have done more hobby projects this year than I have in the past, but... A lot of it is thanks to Conzi for starting me with uh, teaching how to paint it. So I'm not as nervous about it. But I would say my favorite hobby project is a train, the scatter train that I've worked on, specifically for the Batman Miniatures tournament, the long Halloween that Conzi puts on. So I made like little uh, pumpkins out of clay and trash bags and what else did I make some pallets maybe this earlier this year and everything so it's just fun to have little pieces of the train that just add something to the tables and for the next ter- Batman miniatures game tournament that's coming up I am working away on making some snowmen for that so it's been a nice. lot of fun for me I, I will say from my perspective as a participant in those tournaments, Suzanne, I think those little things add a lot. Like like you said, even if they're simple to make, having like little trash bags on the board, like it's just cool. It adds depth. I mean, you always think of Batman as a really grimy city, you know, Gotham. So yep. it helps. 
Yeah, and it's just, it fills in some little spaces. Everything's not just straight lines then. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, gives me a great option, some great options for table variety while letting the table feel more immersive and look more like, oh hey, we're actually playing in the streets of Gotham or in the in a city versus, hey, we played with four square cubes and a couple of toy cars. Yep, there you go. How about you, Justin? What have you worked on this year? Yeah, I'm I'm not a huge uh hobby uh kind of kind of guy, uh but I took on maybe one of my most ambitious hobby projects at the beginning of the year. Um I painted the exosuit miniatures for a board game called Anachrony. Part of the game is you placing workers into exosuits so that they can go into the irradiated wasteland to take actions um out there uh, instead of safe in their home base. These are pretty big, like, I don't know, inch and a half tall, at least, maybe even two inches tall miniatures. They're big, they're chunky, and it's the most painting I've ever done, and I, I'm pretty happy with how they turned out. I was able to kind of bring them and show them off at last year's, at the Cabin Con at the beginning of the year. Yeah, uh, it's it's easily my my best project that I worked on this year, so that's mine. Yeah, those those turned out awesome. I remember so many yeah, people thanks. talking about them uh, at Cabin Con and talking about what you know that game. They may not have remembered the name of the game, but they remembered remembered those painted mechs. Yeah, I mean it. It adds that little bit of extra memorability and and theme to the game. Totally and, worth it. And, yeah, and with board games, it you don't have to get as I feel like like with any miniature hobby, you don't have to get bent out of shape about how good it looks but i feel like in the board game hobby in particular people are far more forgiving about models <laughs> not being painted perfectly well it's just the fact that they're painted uh and it hey all, i can yeah. tell that's a face and that's armor and that's you know their clothes or whatever like usually that's good enough and well you took those those mechs uh those exosuits uh up to an extra level they were they're really uh, really did look turn out really nice and and looked really sharp on the on the table playing that game. Thanks, man. <laughs> well, there wasn't a lot of hobby project this year, but we will have pictures of all of these hobby projects up on the blog with the show notes for this episode. So make sure you check those out at wiscodice.com. Now, moving on to our next category is our favorite gaming memory. And this is really anything that we did or had or participated in. This could be a convention. This could be Kickstarter that we opened up. This could be game day or anything like that, right? We really leave it pretty wide open. Just something that you look back in the past year and you're like, wow, this this was really special. And, and I'm going to say that the thing that was really special for me when I look back at 2023 is meeting up with publishers at Gen Con. And in particular, I'm going to like, we met up with a lot of publishers at Gen Con and, and, but I have two of them here that I'm going to give special call outs to because both of them were really unanticipated for us. And we and we're like outside of say like the vendor hall or anything that was kind of a planned meetup and that was first off the sophisticated service games team uh, led by ethan jeremy and matt who we've had on the show for 
couple of interviews and expect them to be back uh, coming 2024 for another interview or two, most likely, uh, as we talk to them about their next game. But having them come up while we were all hanging out, just got the Gen Con that Wednesday night, cracked open. I think we'd cracked open a beer and we're having getting dinner out at the beer garden outside the convention center there. And all of a sudden just turn around and here they are. You know, we had never met them face to face. So that was super special. And then Thursday night, I think we were in open gaming. Suzanne and I were at two different tables and then and I'm sitting there teaching distilled to then getting ready to play it. Or actually, I think we were in the middle of playing it. And here walks up Dave Beck in the entire Paverson Games crew, just out of nowhere, just uh, stopping by to say hi and take that time out of both of their schedules, both the sophisticated Cerberus Games team and the Paverson Games team, to come and take time out of their busy convention schedules to chase down a little podcast and say hi, hey, how's it going? Thanks for supporting us. That was super special, but, uh, you know... we had so many special meetups and in talk you know in publishers we talked to at Gen Con, but those are those were two just really special memories and you know, made us feel made made me feel like doing this content creation thing was really worth it. Oh, that's that's great. For me in general, it was just being able to go to Gen Con uh, until quite a few recent years I've had, you know, young kids and just not a lot of opportunity to get away, but my wife and I and my daughter and I mean, we obviously were there with, you know, Conzi and Suzanne and a whole bunch of other people that we knew. So it was just really special to get down there. You know, the last time I attended Gen Con was when it was in Milwaukee. So that's been a very long time since that occurred. So it was just very special to see how much it's grown, how radically different it has become and still the same. I mean, gaming roots as well. So for me, that was a very special uh, part of the year for me. Yeah. And then the, hey, barely get to spend time with anybody you know (laughs) while you're there. (laughs) I think the first day we all walked down and then after that, it was like scattered to the wind because everybody was so busy. But we did have some events that we all scheduled together as best we could and you know, those were special too. They were a lot of fun to do together. So, well, now going into this year, it's the Gen Con training workout before we go. So, hopefully, this year we're not quite as exhausted by the time we get back home. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a good fitness motivator is to make it through Gen Con in one piece, you know, so you got to prepare for it now. I got so, a long ways to go then. <laughs> we are, we are working on it. We got the treadmill working now. Yep. So I will say as much as I love Gen Con for all the reasons that both Conzie and Matt described, that was not my favorite gaming memory for 2023. Mine is more of a collection of memories of just how much our gaming group at home that we get together with has grown and changed this year and with new people coming in that have been you know, just added their own personalities and their own interests and their own take on things to the group, as well as how our gaming monthly gaming nights at our local game store, Misty Mountain Games, has also evolved and gotten some new people we never would have met. We've now met them. They come fairly regularly. And 
just expanded that way, you know, the people in the gaming community here that we know and interact with. So that's been a really great thing for me this year. My memory is a kind of a collection of memories, too. That is the ongoing Rhyme of the Frostmaiden D&D campaign with our wonderful Dungeon Master, Gonzi. It has been, what is it, two years going campaign at this point? And it's been consistent, and it's been fun almost. I mean, I think I've had fun every single time that we've played. I feel like it's... D&D as it was meant to be and I think a lot of that credit goes to Ben for his awesome job as a dungeon master and also just the awesome group of people that we have everybody's you know got their own unique characteristics the own, only way uh, their own way that they like to play I and mean, I think everybody has like built their characters and developed them and you know gone through character arcs it's just something I look forward to all the time and it's just always 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 fun like i think i missed the last one and i'm i'm like pining for the next one because i'm just like it's been too long i want to play some more DD. that's just it's always a highlight for me and it's been awesome so yeah the DD campaign awesome stuff thanks i appreciate that <laughs> very kind words don't worry tpk next session it'll be fine <laughs> yeah it's it's i'm sure it's coming at some it's, point it's, it's definitely on the radar we're, we're on <laughs> we're on the tail end of it. it we want this this campaign won't last through 2024 so it'll be interesting yeah. what you guys think of the next one yeah i'm looking forward to it we always talk about and we want you know we're kind of reminiscing here and what happened in the previous year but one of the things we try to try to ask and do at about this point in the show is is kind of look back and go how would i sum up the year of 2023 gaming and i'm going to sum up by i played a ridiculous amount of board games more than i ever have in a single year in my life this count is skewed by gameplays on board game arena so i will caveat this count with that kind of notion probably a good third of those plays are on bga but uh, even if i took that out I would be well over my total number of games played and exceeded my goal of trying to play the equivalency of one game per year, which is I hit just over 500 games played. Well, I hope you have a higher number than that. I should say one game per year. One game per day. One game per day. Yeah, I just caught myself. Yep. Good job, guys. Thanks. Yeah, I can see everybody can make a fool of themselves on the radio here and there. Absolutely. Well, what, I mean, one game a year is just setting yourself up to exceed your goal. That's right. So, Aim for good the moon, job. Right? Yeah. Yep. There you go. Yep. So, but one game per day. That's 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 what I was really shooting for. It was one game per day. I wanted to hit 365 games. Not necessarily play a game every day, but play uh, 365 games. So it would average out to one game per day. Yeah. And I did it. So hey, I did it and exceeded. <laughs> course that also just a caveat and this is kind of where my interests in gaming have changed that also means we've grown the collection of board games by up over 150 titles including expansions this year there have been plenty of new games coming in which requires a, a significant amount of play just to try to keep up with all the new stuff coming into the house yeah i think for me the summary for this year would just be busy i'm so grateful for 
all of the, I will call them set gaming nights and things that we have in ours. Uh, my own personal life, you know, I've gotten to really enjoy some great new games, but I've had so much heavy focus this year on either projects at home or we're in the middle of building a new house that having those steady board game nights that have exposed me to new games have really helped me because it it's kind of a great reminder for me to just kind of step away. The next year, I'm hoping that we can get into more uh, hosting again because this year has just been chaos for us. You know, normally several times a year we host like a big board game day on a weekend and it's just not been feasible this year. But yeah, it's still been it's been busy, but it's been good. We've still gotten a lot of really great games to see this year. Oh, see, that's good. You're still you're still gaming, and mm-hmm. something to look forward to uh, in 2024. And I am just inviting the rest of us over to your house to game at some point. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> you'll have your, you know, you'll have all your your new gaming space for us to check out. I'll say from for myself, summing up the 2023 gaming for me was I felt like I was getting back into gaming after having almost two years of dealing with uh, long COVID. I am back to almost like being able to have the energy and the mental processing so that I can feel like I am competitive with the games and really enjoy them and not just have them as this brain burner, even, you know, the simplest games being a brain were a brain burner for me. So that's mine. I said it's like it's very positive for me. So uh, it's some- not a positive oh. for me. It means I don't win any games anymore. It just means you need to work harder now. I have to work a lot harder, and I win a lot less. Good, good. <laughs> but it is it is great to have have you back into that mode where it's now very difficult and and challenging and competitive play uh with you of course it also means that like i said my my losing record is gonna go up significantly now but you don't have to play as many online to get a game in a day you can play them in person with your wife now well we what did we crush out like 14 or 15 plays this past weekend so now we're gonna make justin jealous make, (laughs) make up for it so Wow. Yeah, I mean, uh, for me this year, I my first kind of reaction was I felt like it was kind of a light gaming year for me, and I just didn't get enough board games in. You know, I say that, and I probably have played more board games than the average person by a huge amount, frankly. And I play a lot of new games. I I often tend to look for a new game to play, so I, I'm you know I'm probably in the realm of something like you know, 30 to 50 new games played in the year, which, you know, is, is beating your average uh, person for sure. My appetite for board games is insatiable. And so I feel like I didn't get enough. And I have played more D&D than I ever have in my entire life, which has been really awesome. Not just uh, Ben's campaign, but another one too that, that I've been doing. It's less consistent, but it's one that I'm doing with my dad, actually, that he's running. So I've done... Definitely a lot of gaming, but I think like with some of the D&D and just life stuff, you know, and other things like some of the consistent game nights that had 
been happening in previous years uh, with some other friends of ours have dropped off a little bit. I, you know, I've, I felt like I've gotten a less board gaming in. I'm just uh, looking forward to kicking it into high gear next year. <laughs> well, Justin, I got to say, if you feel like this year was a little light on gaming, you can you always can count on uh, inviting any of us over for games and yeah, you're right. I should do somebody, that more often. Somebody yeah. from this show will eventually will show up <laughs> and happily play some of those games and fill your life with more and more new titles. That's a good point. <laughs> Moving on from looking back and looking forward, let's look forward at 2024 and, and what we're excited about. And so we start off this with talking about, I think, what we're generally just excited about for 2024 just kind of a general and then we'll and then we'll roll into the most anticipated games that we think are coming out in 2024 and and it's always early when we look at most anticipated games for the upcoming year because so much releases in starts hitting the release notes when when you start getting into gen con and essen conversations that nobody's has really on their radar at this point but it's interesting to start trying to take a look forward and see what what's going to be out and on people's tables and start getting ready for the early part of 24 and and maybe even putting away a few of those spare dollars so you can make sure you get those games. So starting this off, just looking forward into general into 2024, the big thing, and this has been taking way, way, way too long and has been way too far on the back burner of projects for us but we have a new gaming table coming from a geek and son that we backed uh, that should be here this spring and that means that we absolutely need to get our studio finished and remodeled i think that project has been started since about six months after we bought the house and has been sitting there well now over a year a year just kind of idling and not really getting done so we need to get that wrapped up Get the get the studio finished and uh, get it ready so that when that table arrives, it can just get moved right in and instead of sitting in a box uh, waiting for us to get to it. So that's that's the big thing, and I and I'm really excited to have that studio. That studio space, what we've talked about doing in it, and it is a project that will feature on the YouTube channel when it wraps up with project footage as well as the final tour of the studio. But yeah, Suzanne and I are super excited about that space and having it done. And it's going to be, I think it's going to be something special. It may not be perfect, but it's going to be something special. Similarly, though, uh, not a geek and sun table. You know, I mentioned I'm moving into a new house uh, actually very early in 2024. So, you know, for me, really looking forward to, we have a new board game table that's coming. It's actually, it's called Project Ironside from Cloud Puncher Games. We'll have a brand new gaming space, and there are a bunch of Kickstarters I have that are on the table for next year as well. So I'm just kind of looking forward to getting into that new space, getting some games in, bringing some people over, and really starting to be able to host again. Because most of this year, I just really haven't been able to host. So really looking forward to that again in 2024. Yeah, and all of this board game table talk just reminds me that if... Folks didn't know over at wiscodice.com, there are a number of reviews of board game tables, both the Jasper and the Geek and Son Henry table now. Both of these new tables that we're talking about here will have reviews on the on the blog at some point. 
and we should hopefully have an upcoming review of the Dresden gaming table as well to add. So there's going to be a number of gaming tables and gaming table advice. Uh, and if you have questions about a, about what, what you might want to consider or, or think about when purchasing a gaming table, let us know. Uh, shoot us an email, and we'll be happy to have a conversation with you and, and let you know our thoughts. Super excited for all these new gaming tables I get to see or own. But that is not what I'm most looking forward to in 2024. I am really looking forward to continuing to grow and expand our YouTube videos and the audience that we are sharing and are watching us and interacting with us there. The podcast is great, and I love talking about games. The podcast, uh, YouTube is just kind of a the next step, and it's been a lot of fun so far. Uh, just continuing to do that and interact with other gamers, whether it's at game nights, conventions, or on social media. And while you're at it, don't forget to like and subscribe. Smash that like button. But not so hard you break your computer because we need you to keep listening to us. And watching. And watching us, yes. For me, I, one of the things I'm looking forward to is just uh, a number of um, crowdfunding projects that I have backed and been waiting on. So to name a few, uh, there's Unconscious Mind uh, from Fantasia Games. Uh, there's a game called Andromeda's Edge from Cardboard Alchemy. I'm pretty excited for the Planet Unknown Supermoon expansion from Adam's Apple Games. That's one, one of my more recent favorite games, um, so looking forward to doing some more of that. There's a game called Pioneer Rails, and then, of course, Stone Spine Architects from Thunderworks Games also should be coming in this year. So, yeah, I'm just looking forward to some new games. A lot of really good games, and not very many of those that I've actually backed myself. So perfect. Yeah, Justin, going back to the previous, you got to invite us over so we can play some of those too <laughs> that you do, that we don't have. Yeah, yeah I think we've sure. only backed two of those. I yeah, wanted the... to back most of them, but just yeah, unconscious cut mind off. was on your conscious mind was on your S and list, and yep. yeah, planet unknown. That one I'm backed, of course. Yep, and Stone Spine we backed, but yeah, the rest yeah. of these yeah. were all on the list of games we wanted to check out. See, Justin, you back them, then we don't have to, and we just come over and play. I mean, yeah, most it's, it's... most of you guys just rely on us backing it, but <laughs> you, can't, you can't back everything. That's true. <laughs> well, nope. you know, the Kickstart Monday that Justin writes every oh, week so is very dangerous mm. because I have a lots of... Uh, kickstarters that i'm watching because of it and other crowdfunding projects i'm really glad um, i don't write that blog anymore it was very very harsh on the wallet yes yeah, i'm very glad you don't it's either tough. it's tough <laughs> i have to be i have to be pretty you know picky i certainly can't i'm certainly not backing everything i'm writing about i'll say i'll say that not that it isn't tempting oh yeah. it's always tempting it's always oh, tempting. You're- your kids don't need new clothes, right? They don't need a, no extracurricular activities. No college, right? <laughs> they can pay their own way, darn it. Just yeah. like we did. All right, so <laughs> moving on. Moving on to better topics than who should pay for college educations, because that's a whole debate we don't want to get into. Not on this podcast. And don't enter my sarcasm there, by the way, folks. Most anticipated games coming out in 2024. There is a, a board game geek 
list that has those. If you're interested in following or subscribing to that list, we will have that link in our show notes for this episode. So you can just go over to wiscodice.com, grab that link, and it'll take you right there because some of those lists are challenging to find if you're just trying to navigate Board Game Geek. It is partially what we use to, you know, kind of go through and make sure we we were looking at new games coming out next year. Unless we, you know, unless there was something we had like, hey, we back this game and we know it's releasing the backers next year and, and going to be in their in their hands and wasn't on the list. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there might be a game or two that's in this yeah. that wasn't on that official list. It's, it's a good it's a good list. Uh, I like to join that list and uh, about this time of year for the upcoming upcoming one and follow that list on board game geek because uh, as if i subscribe to it it will provide me notifications as new games get added to it throughout the year 2024 which games helps me keep in touch with what new games are potentially coming out and on that list for me and this is a game that is from a publisher that we really love it's from it's a local publisher here in madison and i remember last year about well last year january or 20 i shouldn't say last year 2020 it was this year 2023 january justin and i got an opportunity to sit down with keith uh owner of thunderworks games and we were interviewing him about a game uh that he and we had just gotten to play called goblin vaults which we uh, like a lot, and you can go over to our YouTube channel and check out how to play that game. We got to see a preview game, or a preview copy of this game, and we were immediately visually attracted to it. And Keith is starting to talk about like the puzzle mechanics and some of the other mechanics, and we're like, "This game looks really cool. It sounds really fun. It's it's different than anything else you've done, Keith." And it's themed something new and interesting. And it's going to be, a, I, I think, a cool new IP property for the Thunderworks gaming uh, universe of games. And that is Metro Runner, which is this all a sci-fi slash cyberpunk kind of themed game where you're going to be doing various, there, there are various action spots in the game and there's a puzzle kind of that you can try to solve or manipulate to try to score points and match patterns or whatever with very intriguing game. I'm very excited to get to check that out and learn more about it. And ultimately that will be uh, I believe it's uh, hitting Kickstarter likely in January of 24, which means it will actually probably ship to backers in 24 as well and be in people's hands. So, not only will we be able to hopefully get a chance to check it out in a preview copy here early in 2024, getting to have a physical copy in the same year and being able to play it, I'm really excited for it. And and this is definitely one that really caught our eye. Like I said, I, I'm of the games that are out there, I think this is the game I'm most excited about that I've seen that's actually dropping in 24. That I'll be able to get a physical copy of as well. <laughs> yep. So the one I threw on here is actually one that in theory might release before the end of uh, 2023. But frankly, uh, with all of the shipping challenges that have occurred since post COVID and things are getting back to normal and they're shipping a lot better. I put this one on the list because frankly, I think it is the game that I'm most looking forward to. And likely with my situation, I won't even get to touch it until 2024. That is Wonderland's War with the Shards of Madness expansion from Druid City Games. I've heard a lot about Wonderland's War. I don't know of any of the people that 
we play with that actually owns a copy of it. But I've heard a lot of really good things about the game. So we ended up backing it and I uh, should have it hopefully uh, early in 2024 that then, like you said, Ben, another excuse for people to come over and, and see something totally different. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's a good friend of us that we play games pretty good occasion that doesn't have a shrink wrap copy somewhere in his basement without basement with all the rest of the shrink wrap copies and if he's listening and knows who he is you know we love you man but uh you need to open up some of those shrink wrap games but it also wouldn't surprise me if he doesn't have a copy of it but uh, yeah, yeah this is a game i've heard a lot about i'm super excited that you get a copy and if you just happen to want to leave it with justin we'll, we'll go play it over to justin's while you're moving <laughs> it's fine yeah <laughs> Now Justin needs like... another excuse to have us over to play games. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm down. I'm down for it. You have that <laughs> nice game room, Justin. Like, yeah, it's not. It's it's not bad. I I, I need to there. utilize it. I need to utilize it more yes. for sure. <laughs> yes, before the kids take it over. Yeah, really. Steve. So, for myself, my most anticipated game coming out in 2024 was actually really difficult to narrow down i have a lot of games that i have been watching that i am excited for but i did have i did pick one and that one is uh, called galactic cruise and this is a game that's not even hit kickstarter yet but it should be coming out soon it's by kinson key games is the publisher I am pretty sure that this is a game that I saw in the first exposure playtest room at Gen Con this year and really wanted to get a ticket to uh, be able to playtest it because it looked so cool when I was walking around. And of course, the person right before me picked it. I, I just, it looks, it's, yes, it's got a space theme, which I love, but it just looks so unique in some ways because you are on this cruise but instead of a cruise over water it's a cruise in space so you know you're traveling around space on this cruise you're running this cruise company and managing your your ship so there and there's a cooperative element because how the other players are managing theirs you all are building up the company but at the same time you still want to come out on top it's cooperative, but not cooperative. It's got a space theme. I mean, I've never been, you know, seen one that's a space cruise before. The artist for this is Ian O'Toole, who has done so many other games, so many other ones, like most recently Fit to Print, but many of you know Dead Reckoning or Carnegie, On Mars even. There's just, it, the list goes on and on of games he has done the artwork for that I've also enjoyed. So I am so excited for this one to hit Kickstarter that if, when it does, I will be backing it. I may not get it in 2024, but it's still my most anticipated game for 2024. My uh, most anticipated game is also uh, a space sci-fi theme. And I did mention it a second ago. It was uh, Andromeda's Edge from Cardboard Alchemy and designer Luke Laurie. This is a sci-fi themed worker placement space battle civilization building game with different alien factions 
you know, you've got your your different starships that you're going to be moving around the board doing actions, your fighters, your science specials, heavy cruisers, and you're building different structures like observatories or cities, spaceports, things like that. Some of the races that you have a chance to play are really unique. They have like insectoid race, a wolf people. They have like this one called uh, the Weldon Forge folk who are basically space dwarves. And then <laughs> one of them, one of the races is called the Jelluloid Technoblorps. If that doesn't sell you on the theme of the game, <laughs> I don't know what will. That's just awesome. And this is just a big, massive, complex, tons of different mechanics in the game type of game. So it's definitely, you know, my my type of game. Lots of cool spaceship miniatures and stuff too in it. So I think it'll look awesome on the table and be pretty exciting. So I'm, I'm just really hyped for it. That's uh, Andromeda's Edge, yeah. There goes some more of our wallet. I have to buy some more of these games. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, <laughs> come over and play it first before you decide. But yeah, I really thought hard about backing a Andromeda's Edge when it when it hit. So but there's a good list. And I'm sure Galactic Cruise will hit and end up being backed. So. Oh, oh yeah, it's on the list to be backed as soon as it's live. And I gotta say, Wonderland's War is not a game. Uh, we're not. I'm not a personally a big Alice in Wonderland fan myself. I never have been. But this is a game I have heard many, many good things about, and I am excited for the opportunity to get a chance to play it. Mm-hmm. And who knows? It might just turn out that mechanically it's so good that I have to turn around and buy that too. Yeah, finding that one has been incredibly challenging after their first uh, Kickstarter. It's the same problem with Nemesis when it was out and many, many other Kickstarter games. Just the challenge of the way games are funded these days. So with that, there is one more thing we're going to talk about for 2024, and that is is one of my favorite things to talk about when we talk about things that we're looking forward to about the upcoming year. and, 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 And it's always this time of year, and as we get closer to the new year you talk about new year's resolutions and you talk about uh you know things you want to try to accomplish in the year and this this is really kind of that same kind of thing which is talking about what are our gaming goals for 2024 and i'm gonna say first and foremost i already mentioned it but it is the biggest gaming goal and that is to get our studio completed getting that done, getting that, getting it set up so that we can film in there, getting it set up so that we can host gaming in there, that we can, you know, the, I think particularly we talk about Dungeons and Dragons and playing D&D games, like, it's going to be great for that. And it's going to be, I feel like that's going to be epic. And I'm not going to have to, like, our D&D party, our, our Rhyme of the Frostmaiden game party is six players plus a DM. That's tough to fit any table. And I'm pretty confident the game table I ordered is big enough to fit that comfortably at uh, and still be able to fit everybody in the room with enough space so they're not rubbing up. Everybody doesn't have to like feel super tight or squashed. Fingers crossed. So if, I'm, if I did my math and measurements right. So that, well, I'm super looking forward to that. I don't, <laughs> don't know that we don't... can get a bigger table in that room if you didn't do your <laughs> measurements right. So yeah. Someone's well, going to have to die in the, the adventure then or something. But then I just roll a new character. I'm shocked it hasn't happened to me already. It's not for a lack of trying. It has come close. It's been close. 
but also I'm super excited and in, in, in uh, another big one, and this is it's kind of become more apparent to me as we close out 2023, and that's attending more conventions. Just being out there and interacting with people, showing people out uh, some of the games we love, talking to them about Whisker Dice, and that's, you know, whether it's Whisker Dice or it's something else, if you share, if you, the audience, went out there and shared uh, with your friends and people you go to a convention and just happened to share your favorite YouTube channel and tell uh, tell people about it or shared your favorite audio podcast and told people about it, that goes a long ways to getting the word out about your favorite shows and favorite content creators. And while we hope that's us, at the same time, the board game industry is a very, very large industry and there are a lot of shows and content out there you can mention your favorites with people while you're at those shows just like we're reaching out and and telling people about us at those shows it goes a long ways to getting the word out and helping everybody grow awareness for what an amazing hobby board game and tabletop gaming is so for my my kind of 2024 goals currently are obviously with the new house i want to complete our gaming area just like you have a studio you want to work on i want to get our gaming area up and running in the new house and uh get the new table in and finished and really I like just make it an area where we, we, we absolutely want to have people over on a regular basis and, and have a good time doing that. Uh, so along with that, obviously is building out kind of a recurring uh, game night or something that we can do in our space. And really, I think one of my final goals is, is getting my paint on, so to speak in that hobby area. I really kind of feel like I left that hobby side aside this year and, want to get back to it because you know there's a lot of, i have a lot of models on the shelf of shame and uh or i should say packed away currently because i don't have space on the shelf of shame for them but you know it's time to get those out and get some some real hobby work done again probably a couple of new D characters after we wrap up the I, campaign I think too. so i think so so i am gonna like my first goal for 2024 is to figure out a good type of YouTube short or Facebook reel that I can put out that is enjoyable. I love watching those. Like that's what I scroll through every night before I go to bed and I don't see many with board games. So I was just trying, I'm trying to think of what would be a good board game one. So you have any ideas pass them my way because i will try almost anything for that um with the hobby side i really want to finish well start and finish painting my malifaux crew i've had now for a couple of years and then also play it i realize that game has been out for a while hopefully there's still like someone maybe besides Conzi that i can uh, play with here because he might get tired if I keep my uh, winning streak against him. But it came as very intriguing to me. So I want to do that. And then my last one is that I want to fully organize and label our game library. Not, he's shaking my, for those of you who can't <laughs> see this, Conzie's shaking his head at me right now. By label, I mean, put up a sign that says these are two to three player games. These are eight plus player games and have our mats organized and 
just have it so I can find things in there without having to go, where the heck are these? And like, are you? look <laughs> online what, what box color it is and stuff. So, are we gonna How are you guys going to agree on how to organize them? I mean, oh, I'm, we're not going to agree. What's going to happen <laughs> is I'm going to be away for a convention or I'm going to be away for like some work trip. And I'm going to come back and there's going to be like a board game card catalog <laughs> sitting here with precise Ooh. indexing and locations where she wants me to put games. And it's going to be in some mechanism that I'm going to absolutely despise, I'm sure. And she'd be like, well, let's just try it out. That's a <laughs> great idea. She'll probably recruit somebody to help her. Um, <laughs> you know, one of my best friends is a librarian. Yeah, we, that's just oh that's a whole like a Dewey Decimal System game version. I think you, you guys gotta, are gonna have to stop buying games if you want to get it. Going. She has she has actually <laughs> talked about doing this, and she has actually <laughs> talked about having a app or some kind of terminal that you would look up a game in our collection, and it would tell you precisely where it is. So the, I I do not joke. I, I joke in kind about this, but I think it would also make her very happy. If my coding skills were a little better, I would make us our own little app, and then you could just scroll through on the tablet when you came over to see what games we had, and then find them. Wouldn't that be great? I mean, there's everyone a board game here would geek be list. jealous. There's a board game geek list that I could start sending yeah. in emails. No, that's not invites. as much fun. That is not as much fun. <laughs> no, I my goal is just to have a general organization and have com extra components and stuff and all those mats that don't fit in the boxes that we keep buying those neoprene mats have those organized so that that's all i'm ambitious but not crazy yet yeah one of those tabletop game uh, the table the gaming tables manufacturers needs to actually create a neoprene mat storage system because there isn't a good neoprene mat storage system, I think, on the market to purchase. We're going to end yeah, up yeah. building something, I think. But that is like board board game tables or whatever they're called now. All play. They made all play made their delving for game storage custom like game shelf storage system, which was just basically an answer to Calyx shelves, but more customizable. Now we need somebody to come out with neoprene mat storage. Matt, that's a <laughs> new industry option for you when you got the new house and the workshop. Yeah, Matt, Matt's Matt's that. Matt storage. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna need a better name than that. Name. <laughs> <laughs> Matt's storage. There you go. All right, Justin, All what right. about you? Yeah, so uh, my my gaming goals. You know, I I, I don't I it's a it's not something I think about too much. Like, what are my goals for gaming besides just play more games? But this year, I I do have some. I have I bought maybe more games than I ever have this year, and probably have not played half of them. You know, um, so I've got a I've got a game backlog I need to get through. Yeah, just just a bunch of new stuff that I haven't played yet, or haven't played as much as I want to. Which I think the solution for has already been proposed, and I just need to host more game nights at my place and invite people over to, to games that way i can get you know some of my stuff to the table a little more easily 
get through some of that backlog. So that's that's one of them. And I, I think like like Matt, I do want to get back or do more painting, uh, hobby stuff. I still have it as a goal that I want to complete my Mansions of Madness second edition miniatures and fully paint that. Maybe I need to, you know, decide that I have to have it done by Halloween this year or something so that it could get pulled out for a for a Halloween gaming session. But I definitely just want to do more painting. It's not something I I do a ton of, um, but I do really enjoy it. Yeah, I really want to do some more this year on it. And actually, I think I uh, one other thing I do want to do regarding that is I think we need to set up some paint days and actually get get a little paint day going once in a while. And and everybody, you know, that'll help Matt meet his goal of painting more. And maybe you know, I mean, Cohen's didn't do as much this year, so maybe we need to give some get some inspiration going. Do some paint days, I think. Yeah, we'll cool. talk about that. See what we want to do. Maybe that turns into a live stream. Who knows? Let us know. Let us know if uh, you think that's something you'd want to see. Of course, you, you mentioned Mansions of Madness, Justin. I also started painting Mansions of Madness a couple of years ago. I think you kind of got me excited to do that when you started your project hmm. uh, on it. So maybe the challenge should be. <laughs> which one of the two of us can get more mansions of madness models painted up to a complete fully painted base game of mansions of madness before <laughs> Halloween this year. I, I think we already know the answer to that question, man. <laughs> well, there's no way, there's no way I can compete with you in speed or been, quality. So <laughs> I don't, I don't know about that. I've been, very derelict in my painting duties this year if i painted 20 models in 23 i'd be surprised wow so i will say i fully support this challenge between the two of you (laughs) because i would really like to play that game and i don't think we're allowed to play that game here until the models are painted so oh yeah i'm Uh, rebasing all my mansion models too so yeah i was gonna do that with some clear bases because the bases they come with are garbage but yeah. uh, i'm 3d printing my bases so Ooh, they're gonna go on like a three just a bit real simple 3d 3d printed kind of stone base but it'll be a, a lot more and then i have a sheet there's a sheet on so there's a sheet on vgg that has like all the monster stats in a nice mm-hmm. tabular form so i just downloaded and print that print that coffin we'll we'll eventually laminate that and put it just keep it in the main box and then all the painted miniatures will end up going in their own storage solution someday. Nice. Yeah. That's the vision anyways. But then again, I only have half a box of painted zombicide too. So I need to finish that too. And Conan <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. Hellboy and Batman and. And, yeah. My list keeps getting longer. Cause I keep, I'm kind of inspired by you guys. And while I own mansions of madness as well, <laughs> I'm not painting it. <laughs> that is, that I feel like, beast. uh, I, I feel like lot. the ones that I want to paint are things like I, I bought Frosthaven. If I'm going to play Frosthaven, I really want to paint the minis for it as well. And there's some other games that I've gotten in the last year or two that have all been had miniatures in them. And while, you know, we do play things like Batman and that that have much more higher quality miniatures, there's still a lot of really good minis. And having them painted would, I think, add something to the experience of putting it on the table as a board game. So. Yeah, big challenges. All good, all good gaming goals for 2024. And if we actually accomplish half of them, we'll have been very happy gamers. Yep. 
we're gonna go back to 2023 and this is i think my favorite personal like like personally my favorite topic that we talk about when we look back at 2023 and we think about it and we consider it and i and and because it's kind of my favorite it also uh, is our final topic we're going to talk about as we go into wrapping up this episode and that is what was our biggest surprise of 2023 and this is not of like in our, in our entire lives or what happened or hey somebody gave you a jump scare around the corner but in tabletop gaming like was there a game or some other thing that surprised like really like yeah or you know you were kind of meh about and then all of a sudden you discovered like this brilliant thing and or was was there just something that just jumped out you know was really way better than you thought it was ever going to be and I'm going to start off and call out Return to Dark Tower from Restoration Games. I never owned or played Dark Tower, and I have no personal attachment to the original base game or the original game that this this game is now based off. This game is based off of. Uh, so there's no nostalgia factor for me with it. And when I saw that they were creating this tower with uh, Bluetooth uh app functionality and that it was gonna move and make noises and whatever i'm like oh lord that's a big expensive gimmick for a game that's probably only going to be mediocre at best we went to event every year we've mentioned a cabin con which is just a, an event uh, a couple of friends of ours organized where we rent out a at this point it's a small former hotel that like 20 of us hang out at for four days and play a bunch of games and it showed up with a, a very a very blinged out or you know the copy of the game at that actual uh, event. Uh, and I had the opportunity. I'm like, okay, I if I'm going to be a if I'm going to call myself a game reviewer, I have to play this. And so I begrudgingly sat down to play Return to Dark Tower at Cabin Con, and I came back and I was in love with it. And I was so in love with it. When it hit the store shelves, and I saw it one day when we walked in at I'm Bored, I walked past the like new game shelf where it was sitting, and went went about my business in the store and looked at all the other games, but I could not get myself to walk out of the store, so we went and bought ourselves a copy of it. And I have had a blast playing it since. And we finally won a scenario as well on it which is after like after my fourth play i actually finally got a win and it's a game that i found far like the suspense about not knowing what's going to happen it has a lot of things i would you know relate to like say a mansions of madness or a the lord of the rings game from fantasy flight that has the app as well where you don't necessarily know what's going to happen or how much time you have remaining you just you can start to feel that pressure and you get that adrenaline up and then each player's taking their turn and then that tower's going to spin or do something weird and hey where are the skulls going to go flying and it just it is for me this this immersive exciting experience and it was such a pleasant surprise for a game that i had really downplayed in my mind is an overly expensive gimmick game 
and it absolutely isn't. It's a blast, and if you like a game that's got a cool little story with the scenarios, and it gets that adrenaline going a little bit, and gets you excited because you don't necessarily know how much more game you have left to play or what's exactly going to happen next, then you should check out Return to Dark, to Dark Tower as well. Yeah, that cool. was definitely a surprising game from how you first described it to me and what I read online, and then when you brought it home and we played it. I can see why it was your biggest surprise. Yeah. Uh, for me, uh, the game that I picked out is Cosmoctopus, and it's uh, in the U.S. It's published by Lucky Duck Games. There's like a whole boatload of different publishers depending on where you where you are. So Cosmoctopus was a game my wife actually picked up at Gen Con. It was something she and actually Suzanne, you wanted to uh, try that one out as well. Yep. And. I, you know, it was described to me and I was kind of meh on it. I was fine. I'll try it. I'll give it a shot. And it surprised me. I played it with my wife and I've, I played it with Ben and Suzanne and it is a pr- surprisingly fun game. There's actually some depth to the strategy. It's, it's silly. It doesn't take itself seriously, but it surprised me. I was not expecting to have a good time playing it. I just kind of thought it was okay and i'm gonna be whatever with it but i had a lot of fun playing it so you know that one i think caught me off guard and it was nice to be surprised and sometimes we get in our heads that these are the types of games we enjoy and we need to be willing to kind of look at something new and different so yeah yeah i will agree i i was very much in the eh i don't really i don't really care for the artwork and while the theme of the mythos theme is great it seemed like they were being a little childish trying to be a little childish and cute with it and then we played it and while i don't think i would want to play that game a ton i definitely look forward to the next time we're going to play it and i enjoyed it way more than i thought i was going to enjoy it then there was definitely more game to it than i thought there was going to be so Absolutely, I agree. This was a surprising game. Like I wasn't expecting it to be as intriguing as I as I as it was when we got a chance to play it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for my game, I also have a game for my surprise of 2023 that was a little bit out of my norm or my what I would consider my comfort zone. And the game is Hegemony, Leader Class to Victory. And this was published in 2023. We have a friend of Conzie's that owns a copy of it. We ran into him at Gamehole Con. He brought it. And then we all sat down and played it. And I just, I want to play this game again. It's a very long game. It, well, very long as in compared to maybe a 30-minute game. Oh, it's going to take you like two to three hours to play this and it's a political economic game where you are a different group you're either working class middle class the businesses or you are the state the government and you're taking on one of these roles and you are trying to play your position in this nation as best as you can to be victorious I generally don't care for political themed games 
or economic themed games, but there was something about this one that I just, I had a blast playing, playing it. The time flew by for me and I want to play again and I want to be a different group in there and see if I can be victorious again. This game was, it, I would say it's a little bit more than, it's probably four to five hours gameplay time, at least the two times I've seen it played now, once while I was playing it. This game was, it's a very meaty game. Like, like the things that you're doing, it doesn't feel like it's that heavy to understand how to play the game. In fact, I missed most of the rules teach, and I was able to pick up on how to play it fairly quickly. But the depth of strategy is very deep and what you need to do and how you need to understand to run those factions and I would absolutely support getting this game if I thought we would get it to the table on a regular yeah, basis instead yeah, we'll just we'll just have to drag out our friend to be able to uh, get a get a play of it every once in a while right this game I have only played it at four players but I get the feeling that Three to four players is ideal. Two is probably. I think the only way not. to play this is four. So I mean, it's in. You really have to think about what was what does my group? What does the middle class really want and need? And then work towards that and try and balance what you're doing with the other classes. So yes, it can be very simple. But to get it well and to play your faction well, you need to just understand everyone's roles. So it's a great, it was much better playing that game and learning about how all these groups and factions interact in government versus learning about it in high school. I will tell you that. Much more interesting. I probably learned more in those few hours playing the game than I did in that whole semester's worth of class. So. I don't know. Justin, what was oh, your big surprise? Hopefully Justin oh. didn't learn learn a thing or two about how to drive from this <laughs> game. Let's just say that. Yeah. So I uh, my surprise of 2023 is another game from Restoration Games. And that is Thunder Road Vendetta. Um, Thunder Road Vendetta is a racing game where you are Mad Max style racing a convoy of cars and trucks uh and bikes i think i forget there's a small one uh maybe it's just like a little small car across the desert wasteland crashing into each other causing chaos shooting at other players with your helicopter uh things blowing up things skidding out of control slamming into the wall of the canyon um it is a chaotic game that uh has so much fun jammed into a small amount of time uh i think that the mechanics are really cool. You roll dice to determine what your options are, and you kind of assign them to decide how you're going to move your different vehicles around. It's really just a, a racing game, but sort of the you get to make some really cool choices. And like, I'm going to decide to slam into somebody to try to take their car out, or maybe I need to zoom ahead real quick to secure my chance at winning. It's not the kind of game that I would look at at a store and make an impression on me or that I would think, you know, to pick up 
And it just shows me that I, I, as Matt was saying and as Suzanne was saying, I need to open my mind a little bit on my board game preferences or my biases maybe and look into some other genres and stuff because I just had a ton of fun playing this game. Yeah, it just really surprised me in terms of how much fun it was and for not what I, you know, it's not a serious game. It's it's a chaotic, cause as much chaos as you can and hopefully you win kind of a game. We've talked about it before in the podcast, and I definitely am looking forward to to playing this one again. Super fun. Yeah, this game is definitely the... I don't even know if I care if I win. I just want to see if yep. I can cause as much <laughs> destruction as possible, and if I can knock out... You know, if how many cars I can knock out before I get knocked out. That's usually where the fun is. And even then, if you're sitting there eliminated, you're like rooting for somebody to like every time somebody crashes into somebody or shoots at somebody you're rooting for destruction yeah and if somebody's yeah. in the lead you're rooting extra hard <laughs> for them to get destroyed i was gonna say i don't i don't generally like games with player elimination i think that's generally a bad kind of mechanic but in this game it's kind of fun because it's like just the chaos happened and you know you got unlucky and rolled a couple bad rolls and your all your cards got destroyed but it's it was i guarantee it'll be fun when that happens for you and like ben said you, you're just gonna root for someone else to win or more chaos to happen yeah i restoration games uh you know might be on a bit of a roll here they got a couple winners yeah absolutely i was hey, everything i was that rest that i bought this year from restoration absolutely surprised me so yeah and yet another game that probably should get some paint on models so, and with that yep. bombshell, <laughs> I think we're going to wrap things up for this episode, episode 117 of the Whisker Dice Tabletop Gaming Podcast. We had such a great time. I want to thank all of the hosts today for joining us. And of course, to thank you guys, the listeners, for putting up with us as well. And I hope you had a good time as we reminisce through 2023. Uh, all of the surprises, the best memories, our best game we played, our hobby projects, and all of these things that we we did and recapped. And of course, all of the looking forward to 2024, what games we're excited about. It'll be very interesting to see, you know, as we recap 2024, which uh, I'm not in a rush to get to. But when we get there, if any of those games that we're on our most anticipated game for 2024 actually make the list for our best game that we got to play in 2024. So mm -hmm. that'll be interesting uh, to see and, and to kind of look back for next year's look back. And if you have a game that you thought that, you know, was really amazing or you have a game that you're really excited for in 2024, please let us know. You can drop us an email or if you're l listening to this episode on YouTube, post a, just post a comment and let us know. And don't forget if you're catching this on YouTube to like, and subscribe, or if you're catching this on wherever you listen to podcasts to make sure that you drop a comment and smash the equivalency of that like button. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you leave a review of this show, wherever your favorite place is to find podcasts. Oh, and by the way, give us a like on our Facebook page. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Pinterest while you're at it. If you haven't looked recently, make sure you catch up on the blog at whiskodice.com. Hey, Brian, what's that site? Oh, darn. I forget. Uh, Justin, what's our website again? Whiskodice.com. That's right. It's whiskodice.com. And until next time, everyone. 
Peace out.